podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a very, very special Anfield Index podcast. Very special, ladies and gents, because this will be the first in a series of many. So the first thing I did want to say, first of all, is thank you to everyone for voting, everyone who's commented on Twitter or the socials, etc., around our Songs of Anfield series. And as importantly, I'm absolutely... Delighted to be joined by the Ragamuffins lead singer himself, the man who you may well recognise from Match Day, Mr. David John Jags, or Jagsy as I would call him. Jagsy, how are we? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. Good. Looking forward to this and looking forward to as many of the listeners, many subscribers will be as well, yourself playing a few tunes and talking us few or through, I should say, a few bits as well. So... First question, I'm going to put you right on the spot here. I know we've had our viewers and everyone voting. Your favourite Liverpool song? See, I'm going to, from the off, I'm going to say this. I think there's a very big distinction between songs and chants that we've got to say. Which sounds a really obvious thing to say, but favourite Liverpool song is probably Poor Scouts for Tommy because, uh, you know, it, it influenced what we ended up calling our little boy. So, um, nice. You know, so, uh, yeah, I've got to say that. But I think my favourite, like, noise that Anfield makes is just the, when it's, it's most raucous and most deafening when you hear just that, Liverpool, Liverpool. Yeah. It's just, it's like hypnotic. It, I don't think there's anything, um, there's nothing like it. It's just, it's. I mean, it's, it's one of the most addictive things. Um, just that it keeps you kind of coming back, isn't it? It's just like you hear things like that and it's just, you, you wake up in the middle of the night after be, after being at a game with an incredible atmosphere, and they're the things that are just like ringing in your ears. Um, yeah. So, but in terms of actual songs, Poor Scouts of Tommy, because it's it's incredible. Like it's like a it's like a, a, a an Icelandic saga. Yeah, you probably will not be surprised. It's going to be one of the ones we're going to be talking about in this series because it got a heck of a lot of votes. But yeah, I know what you mean absolutely about that that chant, it's just the echo, that wall of sound. And usually it comes when either we're playing well, maybe just scored a goal, or there's something that riles us up, isn't there, as game-goers type of thing. So, yeah, definitely a favourite. And ladies and gents, we'll be asking Jagsy in this first one all about match day culture because it's such an important part of Liverpool's, you know, its current and its previous history as well. So we'll be asking about pre-match, people's routines with music, We'll be talking about in the stadium. We'll be talking even more about the match itself. And we'll also be teeing you up for the next few in the series that will follow. Because, listen, Liverpool and music, 
will always be intertwined, hence the podcast series. I mean, Jagsy, I do want to talk about pre-match with you, especially because you've got that unique perspective that you are actually part of people's pre-match routine. You know, people will come to Hotel Anfield, you know, hear your your songs, the different things. So it, people, especially matchgoers, for those that can go, I mean, it, they are blessed. They are lucky in that sense. But creatures of routine, I call Anfield Index or regular goers, match day goers, whatever it would be, they come to the same place. And for you, I know it'll be Hotel Anfield and you'll see the same faces. Why do you think that is? I think part of it's superstition. I mean, I don't think there's many more superstitious people in the world than football fans. Um, I mean, I can I can tell you there's there's the whole seasons I've gone through where I've had the same pair of socks on. Uh, I won't I won't I won't say the same pair of pills as well. I'm not that bad. And I do wash them in between, I should say. But there are things like that where if you'd be like, oh, I didn't go. Say say there was a defeat. And it and it cost us something. You'd be like, I didn't go to that pub for a pint of that, or I didn't go. I, I wasn't there before the match at that. And I, I, I think that might be a part of it. But I suppose it's just, um, it's just a nice sort of thing, isn't it? You have like your your little setting routine where you get to a certain point at a certain time, and um, yeah, it, it, I think it's just it, it, hard to say. Um, I mean, I suppose you, you I mean. Culture and routine are part of the part of the thing that you go with a match for, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know, you, you go because you, 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 your mates have gone for years, and you, and, and you can kind of continue those sort of sort of traditions and things like that. And and if you develop new traditions, then then that sort of adds to your match day atmosphere, and it, and it also allows you. It's a nice thing where it kind of if you were so because obviously not all. Not all match day pubs and, and and match day things are going to be the same as they were 10, 15, right. years ago, 20 years ago. So it, it, I suppose it's quite a good thing in terms you can um, you, you can document your match going life by well we used to go to the, we used to go to this pub or we used to go to this place right. after you know, this restaurant for a, a, a post match meal if we'd had a big win and a big European night or something like that. So. You can document things quite nicely there in in your kind of mind because it can be when, when you've effectively done the same thing for years and years and years and years. I suppose it can be it, it can be something where like you start to the seasons can start to blur into one and blend into yeah. one. And, um, so it can be yeah that that was that was one of the, one of the things I was trying to think about. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's incredible. To feel that like people have made made uh, me and and people like Andy and you know before Andy Jamie like a part of their their match day you feel quite privileged for that because um, I mean at the end of the day we're all we're all big Liverpool fans and we're all big Reds and things yeah. like that and to be you know to be a part of that of the same journey that people go on well like they go and watch Liverpool but they also go and watch you as well I feel you feel very very lucky. I was going to say, because you, you mentioned, and obviously I'd, I always think like yourself, you'll be at Hotel Anfield, there'll be people at Taggies, you know, pe- people will go to see different musicians, different pubs, like Andy, as you mentioned, or even on like the, in the cop bar. Yeah, of course, and, and that's built from there. Is everyone sort of friendly? They know the, the sort of scene, those musicians that way, uh, they play the same songs, that type of thing? Yeah, I mean... Um... 
to Andy especially. I mean, we went, we went over to we did a festival over in Norway with Andy in the summer, and, and you know, we'd seen him in that passing. And I think when when they had the um, when we had the, the the Eagles and Elton John and the Rolling Stones playing Anfield the other summer, yeah. and the way where I was set up at the hotel to to do like a little pre gig gig, Andy was set up literally on the other side of the wall because obviously the walls of Taggies and Hotel Anfields are like right back to back there and so I was like chatting to Andy in between songs um, and yeah it was <laughs> so um, but we've just done you know, I've got my badge here and we've just done a, a collaboration with Andy for Luis Diaz um, yeah Luis Diaz song as well which obviously he'd been singing for for, for about uh, you know about six months to a year um, and because it's Bella Chow and obviously Bella Chow's got loads of like trumpet parts and the, so I said well why don't we get we'll get Florin on it and I'll do the production for you and we'll, we'll properly release it and get it out there so um, so we've kind of worked with him on that because at the end of the end of the day like I said we're all reds but we're all musicians as well and um, I think music you know does, does it, music isn't like a competitive sport which some people forget at the end of the day and it works best when there's collaboration and, and, and cross promotion and things like that so um I mean, I mean, even in terms of songs, I mean, I think that it works better if because uh, because someone was like uh, Andy was like feeling a bit uh, when when I, when I did the when I, when, I, when I played the the sub the Sabazai song the the dance with Sabazai that song said his name about three times I'm, I'm already doing a Pep Guardiola, um, but yeah when when I when I played that after after like putting the video out and seeing the lads who who basically written that, um. Andy was like, "Oh, I didn't. I wasn't sure whether you'd mind if I played that." And I was like, "Not at all. It's just I play the. I started playing the Diaz song um, because ultimately you want the song to take off. And if people then go back and go, well, that, that you know, Andy started that or or, or that. But um, I mean, at the end of the, the the other thing is, I think it's. I think I think we're still a reflection of the the cult uh, the culture." Uh, like the, the 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 song culture and, and the chant culture that, that exists outside of this, um, and we sort of ampli- we, you know we might amplify that, and but ultimately the the songs the songs that are the best ones tend to be written in pubs uh, and bars and, and and on trains and in, in in like on I mean especially on like European ways and on coaches and things yeah. like to away games and things like that, um, and the the internet has changed how they get sort of. Um, they get put around, but I think ultimately it's it's unusual if it's something that someone like me or I mean I mean something like I think I've I've only had one that's that sort of felt like it took off in in, in the Quebec song, which is insane because it obviously in the end it never got sung in the ground, but it's because it's a weird because when you when you're writing it from a, as a when you're writing a song like that as a musician or or because you're effectively rearranging a song in a technical sense. It's a different sort of thing than than if you're thinking and writing as a group of as a group of like football fans to do something that hopefully will be sung by a group of football fans, albeit a yeah. much bigger group. So when you see like the way that the Klopp uh, Jurgen said to me song, um, you know, "I feel fine," it's a it's a couple of fellas in a pub, and ultimately it became. A hell of a lot of fellas in the ground singing it, and and I think that's the that's the beautiful sort of organic way that songs kind of get written. So even, but which is what I, which is what I thought about the Sabozli one. It was like the song the song came on in in, in the halfy, um, and a couple of lads outside were like, 
just started singing it and um, and coming up with the chant and 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 it, so I, I thought that was a really organic thing and a really nice thing. So I thought let's 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 give it a bit more more traction. It's crazy, yeah. The, the way, especially with with us, they just build so much. I mean, you kind of talked about pre-match a little bit there, as in like when fans come and obviously you're, you're part of it in a different way. What does sort of pre-match look like for you or even maybe post-match? Because I'm guessing you've got to get there, I might be wrong, quite a bit early, set up, you've got timings, things like that. How does it work on, a, on an average match day, shall we say, for you? Yeah, so, so I mean, I, 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 I would class myself as an absolute lunatic uh, in terms of I do play for quite a long time uh, at, at the hotel. But I feel like, and I've thought about this, I try and play as many of our songs as possible because we do have like a, an incredible songbook as Liverpool yeah. fans, and you know I do my own spin on on a, on a lot of those things. And uh, but you can there's there's other songs that are sort of associated with the club and associated with with with, with the team that you know I mean so stuff like um, Heart's Big as Liverpool by Pete Wiley. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll play that on a match day because you've got a much bigger canvas to work with than, than if you're doing like a, a sort of a 45 minutes or an hour gig where you're playing at the end of a night or something and you've got you're basically playing the big current hits that people are singing um, and so I, I do like that because you do, you feel like you've got more of a you know more, more space and time to work with you can even like if, if there's something that you've thought might work it, it you can sort of do that um, but yeah it's it I mean that because that I mean the, the way the way I do things at Host Anfield has very much like developed over the last like two seasons because it's still a, it's still a, a very recent thing. I mean, obviously the COVID season was just insane and meant in so many ways. But that was almost like the closest when it when it was allowed to be open. It was almost like the closest you could get to watching a game at Anfield. Well, in many ways, it was the closest you could get to watching a game at Anfield physically, like because because of where it is. Um, and so it sort of developed its own sort of culture around then. But before then, um, obviously, we'd been playing on the stage outside of Anfield, and that but that's like a half-hour set. So you, you're basically looking at three completely different half-hour sets that we do before the game. The first one, there would be maybe a couple of uh, like foreign TV channels who'd be there, and you'd, you'd inevitably get filmed for like one or two songs. The second set would be a little bit busier. Then the third set would be as everyone was going in. So you'd think, right, this is the one when we've got to sort of like play people into the ground but even then the people are in transit rather than staying and watching you so that was like a very different thing um but yeah so it's um i suppose because i play for a long time it's a bit bit different to some of the other people like i mean andy does like a about, about an hour or so set um like plays like you know all all the kind of like you know the mainstays of our of the current sort of cop set list shall we say um and, and the same way like Keo, but um, yeah, I am a lunatic, and I feel like I feel like I'm documenting some of the kind of older songs as well. But then again, if I play "Alive a Bird Upon My Chest," that's about a fifteen twenty minute rendition of a song anyway. So with all the verses, so you know, yeah, that will that will take some time that way as well. I mean, because like you say, it is it is such a songbook, and the way you break it down, you know, into like half an hour, especially because there is so many. Are the selected tracks where you're thinking, 
I'm going to play that like just before they go. I'm going to play that at a time. I'm going to if the if it sort of dies down at all, I'm going to play it. Do you have like a songs for that type of situation? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I mean, you know that. The, the weird one pre-match is obviously everyone starts to get off and, because they're going in the ground. Um, whereas like I'll, I'll end up having to go in quite late because I'm I'm playing you know more or less up until kickoff and I've got to get some scran and and, and probably a pint as well before I go in. Um, so it's it's almost so because because you'd think a natural thing would be you, you know you'd finish playing with. For me, this is just for me. So you, I'd, I'd finish playing with like you never walk alone and a la la la. But because because you kind of wanting to play them when the majority of people are still actually at the hotel. So you, so I, I have to work them earlier on, and you're almost playing something a little bit more left field, um, but something big as a sort of last song before I'm like you know up the reds, let's batter these and. You know, frequently we do. So, um, so um, you know, if we if we're playing if we're playing with the band, I, I like to finish with um, like a sort of almost like a scar version of Oh When the Reds Go Marching In, um, just because it works really well and it gives Will a chance to play harmonica, um, which nice. you know, utilizes lockdown skills um, that, he, that, he, that he works on. So, um, yeah, I do a bit of that, and um, yeah, so. That, that's that's probably a bit more unusual. Whereas, like, if 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 it's someone like Andy or Keo, they're and they're finishing earlier, then I'm sure they'll they'll be fin- they they tend to finish with um, like a LLA level or clone in yeah. whatever order. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is it. It's like the um, I was trying to th- yeah, I was trying to think about this um, just in terms of the because sometimes you feel like. Grief people have gone in early today because if it's a big game, obviously people yeah. want to want to get in a little bit earlier. So you feel like all of a sudden you feel a little bit like oh, it feels a bit flat in here, but it's not. It's just which, which because that's not the. It's I mean, almost pre-match. You kind of want the atmosphere to be good, but you don't want it to be bristling because you don't want everyone to sort of you want to keep everyone to keep the powder dry, you know, a little bit. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to blow everyone's voice before uh, you know before before the game kicks off. That is true, yeah, especially for, like, say, for the, the big ones in that regard. I mean, the one thing that always strikes me that I see is that, let's see here probably is the right word, there's some songs that seem to be big or bigger, sort of pre-match, you know, before people get into the ground. And even there's probably some songs that, as you all know, that you hear them or that you get, maybe even get requested potentially for you, but then they're not in the ground at all. They're not sort of in the songbook in the stadium. Is there any that you get kind of like big requests for at Hotel Annie or that you don't hear in the stadium in that regard? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, 
an Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, loads. I mean, I'd say the majority of the player, the majority of player songs are so they're, they're obviously a lot more niche. I mean, like the massive song, people love that, and that's become like a big thing at the hotel. Um, and you know, it's it's referenced that like people people have a laugh about it and, and joke about it, but I don't think I, I I've not certainly not heard it like by a full yeah. sort of you know in a way terrace or or. or, or like the, the cop like blasting it out. Um, same with the like, Simicast. You know the Simicast song was was huge when when Ross like put out the, the original video when he when he when he wrote that and uh, when we put out the video. You know we got we, we got it on like Five Live and everything. So, um, but I've I've I don't I've not really heard that. Um, and it, yeah, I think it, I think it is like a, a play thing, but it's also a thing where. The difference between songs and atmosphere and songs and chants really kind of is shown there because ultimately, I think you've almost got. I was thinking, I was trying to think about this. One of the best, one of the best chants we've got at the minute is the Tiago Alcantara chant, and it's perfect for a midfielder because you've got to think when do you when are you going to chant a midfielder's name, and it's normally when they put when they put themselves about or and do you know do a tackle yeah. and things like that. So you need something quite concise. So whenever it was when, when Henderson was there, Henderson's like, oh, hey, John Henderson, chant worked really well because he'd like smash into a tackle, win the ball back, get into a you know get into a bit of a scrap with like an opposition player, and then the crowd back them up, and right. and, and and it must and you know if you're if you're if you're squaring up to someone and you've got. 50,000 people just go like kind of jumping on you, you know, jumping behind you. You must feel like twenty feet tall. So it's the same with like so. Thiago's one works really well, and I almost think like midfielder songs need to be quite brief because because that. Um, whereas like when you think, and I was thinking this when you when you when you, if you're singing the name of a, a, of a goal scorer, so if it's like a, a striker. They can they can have the luxury of a longer song because you tend to be singing their name after they've just put one in the back of the net. So you have the initial uh, jubilation of a goal and, a, and the celebration, and then immediately they're walking back to the they're walking back to the center circle, um, and that's when you can you know give them the adulation with with like the, their proper song. So the which is what you know the Salah song works beautifully for that because you've got that sort of the 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 when people like that. When they sing this, ah, la, 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 la. Yeah. it's like it's just I oh, just you know cascades down the down the cop and everything like that. So it things like that work really well. Um, and I don't know whether that's just a, a, a natural thing, and maybe maybe the fact that you've got ta- time is, is obviously changes the way that people do songs and people refine songs and people select the best songs for the players in the ground and the best songs for the team in the ground just by trial and error. Yeah, so. I, I I agree with what you say, though. Like, chants usually to pick things up, like the Liverpool chant, just to, to get it going, tends to be the songs usually on, like, say, after a goal, a big moment, somewhere where we've got time to, to break into it. I mean, 
match day at Anfield, I mean, it's special. We all love it. And music is so closely associated. I won't pretend I know other teams, but you think of someone like, you know, George Sefton, the voice of Anfield. He's got his playbook. And even think before a game, you know, you're going to be, you'll never walk alone as we get to kick off pretty much. That's going to be the one they're coming out to or, you know, walking to. Also things like Thunderstruck, ACDC, that's the one you always hear a couple of like an hour or so before, isn't it? Yeah, you take half an hour. Yeah, he plays Cashmere as well by, by Zeppelin. And so funnily enough, I mean, so George, I've known George for years and George has always been a, um, George, George has always been a big supporter of ours. Um, but he's he's a big supporter of like local music in general. So there's a lot of like local bands and local artists that he's supported. So he's got a he's got a really difficult job in many senses. And a couple of years, so he'll play music from like local artists because mm. I mean certainly in a football sense. I mean although the the French, if anyone anyone watching from the French supporters club, they might differ because I played a blinder against them in a five a side tournament, but. Play, but being played at Anfield on the speakers is the closest I'm ever going to come to playing at playing at Anfield. So when you know when we first got that when we first got a record played by George over over the PA, I yeah. was you know it was like one I, I was like oh I can I can quit now. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's, I've made it. Um, so he's sort of got an he's got an obligation to do that. He's got an obligation to sort of build an atmosphere. He's got an obligation to sort of. But, but obviously, over the years, he's got more and more responsibilities to the point where now he's working on. He's effectively the VAR conductor as well, which can't be an easy thing to do. Because I mean, if no one, I was going to swear, if no one at Buddy Stockley Park knows what they're doing with the VAR, then it's pretty hard for George Sefton to know what's going on when he's getting messages to a left, right, and centre to communicate that to us. So it's a difficult. So a couple of years ago, the players had apparently said can we have more sort of upbeat songs beforehand? Mm. Um, so, which, and, and obviously as he's got more announcements to do, I imagine it, it, it's obviously not an easy kind of situation for George. Um, but yeah, but, no, th- this is one of the reasons why um, we got, we got Si Senor played in, in Madrid because we'd submitted it to the club and because it was really lively, they were like, oh yeah, this we'll put this on the playlist, <laughs> not realising what, ha- what was going to happen, happened. But um, yeah, so obviously, like you say, stuff like Thunderstruck is obviously, you know, a great sort of addition to that pre-match thing because it's you know you got a, a great beat and uh, it's like a really driving track to put on. But um, yeah, it's it, it's it's not an easy kind of thing to do. And um, I mean, you know, there's plenty of examples of George doing iconic things over the years, like when he played yeah. Imagine at the end of the Barcelona game. When he played um, a Riva, he played a Riva Derci Roma when we knocked them out of the the, the champ. Well, they, yeah, the Champions League in two thousand and two. Um, I think, I think, well, I mean, yeah, the, I don't know. What, I, I think this would have been before George's time, but there was a when there was like a Leeds player who dropped the ball and it was net, and he played careless hands over the over the PA in the. But that might have been the sixties, which would have been before before George. But um, yeah, you know he's 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 done it all over the years. Um, yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's how long. But but how much again? Here's a part of like match day going sort of live yeah. or just a tradition that way. It's, it's insane. I mean, the tunes when we're in the stadium, we'll all like say chants are big ones. I mean, 
the one I hear, it's kind of call it a song, though, but the Nunez one, isn't it? That just reverberates what? around, that that lifts everyone. Is there any particular, as much as player chance, they're always going to be part of it. And quite rightly, they're, you know, they're the ones who do the business. Is there any particular Liverpool songs that you think that's the one that will get everyone going or where you hear that lifts you particular that sort of resonate with you, would you say? I, I mean, one of, I mean, one of my favourites that you hear in the ground, um, just because, and we'll come, we'll come on to the, because I know, I know we've got, we're coming on to, tap, we're coming on to speed and tempo of songs in a bit. Yeah. And there's, but when, when you get it where like the whole ground sing Fields of Anfield Road, you have this beautiful moment where the whole ground collectively take a breath. And it's so it's like because obviously there's like a pause in the song, so it's like all mm. around the fields, Vanfield Road, where once and it's like and like the whole ground sort of and when it's sung, what I I I can't put it's hard to put your finger on it why sometimes it sounds like it, but it's just, it's magical. And, and I don't know whether there's something to do with the atmosphere because there must be a whole scientific reason why sometimes it sounds differently in the ground. And, and it's not just it's, because when you've got that many people singing, it, it, it's just something, sometimes something in the air sounds different. I don't know whether it's like, if it's the cold and the sound travels differently Maybe my maybe my sort of phys- like thinking of physics is isn't quite what Brian Cox would have, but it's just it's it's just insane when it's like a crisp sort of November December evening, and there's that under the lights, um, and you just oh, it's just incredible. It's almost like you can see everyone collectively exhale and like the 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 the, the, the yeah. you can see the breath in the in, 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 oh, it's, it's it's magic and um. Yeah, but we'll come. We'll come on to the. We'll come on to speed of songs later on. Yeah, I mean the speed of songs. I mean, listen. When we're saying this, please, anyone who's listening, you know, if you if you stand, sit in the car, wherever you want to put it, say for LC, blessed. Obviously, it's a blessed position to be. And whether you, you know, as we've been together, I know in three oh six, two oh two, people talk about this. You know, a match day goers, the speed and the timing, it can be almost dependent. Like it never almost quite seems, not always, it'd be wrong to say, but never quite seems in unison. Like for some songs, there'll obviously be like a, a second behind, a second in front. And especially with the cop, and I know we've talked about this, the speed and tempo just seems to increase at times as well. Like as a musician, can you explain this to the layman? Why the cop just seems to like, if you're in there, it seems to go at speeds that way. Now, <laughs> When you've got a lot of people singing at one time, there's always going to be a diff- unless you've got one unifying force. Whether it's like so, if you watch it, so if you, if you're at a festival and you're watching a band, you've got whether it's a musician just on a guitar or whether or whatever, or whether you've got a drummer, everyone's singing on that they've got a, they've basically got a, a, a de facto conductor. When you've got a football ground, you've got a terrace. You don't have a conductor. You basically you're conducting yourselves, and if in many in many senses, I always think it's a miracle that you've got <laughs> that it's as in time as it is, because you're basically starting off. I mean, when you so when you think about oh, when the Reds go marching in, the way that it'll, it'll be like one fella going oh, what <laughs> like, like, <laughs> the back, yeah, head back, shout into the night air. 
sort of thing. And then you get like 10, 15 responses. Then, and I, I, which, so you have that sort of build up, build up, build up. When it's something like Paul Scouts to Tommy, which has like, like, ver- like kind of lines and verses of the song. And I thought, oh, this is the only thing I can think of why it gets progressively faster. And then it has the point where it sort of everyone joins in together is because you've got a stop. But you've got pauses in the song. So it's let me tell. So in musical terms, you have, if you, if you had, annotate, if you had, uh, you know, written out sheet music, you'd have rests in the sort of vocal melody that you were singing. So it'd be, let me tell you the story of a poor boy, rest. He was sent far away from his home, rest, etc., etc., etc. If you're in a huge ground of people, you aren't all going to rest for the correct amount of time because that's just not how it works. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's a lot easier to accelerate a song than it is to slow it down. I mean, even musicians find this. So, um, the the example that I thought of when we when, you know when it was planned is um, Arctic Monkeys. Um, Bet you look good on the dance floor. When they recorded that. Um, the engineer and and the producer said, um, "Well, we're going to record you with a click track," and they pl- they tried it with the click track because when they played it, they just accelerated really really quickly and they got to the super fast. So by the time it got to the end of the track, it was just too fast. And so the, so apparently what they did, they recorded it to a click track, and then after a while, he turned the click track off, which is why the, the end of the record is a lot faster than the start. Um, but it has that natural sort of like it, it feels like it's getting more exciting. But um, yeah, you have it, it. Obviously, when you've got a song like "Poor Scouts to Tommy," it's it it is obviously it it feels like it's going too fast. So the only the only thing you could do is is start the song incredibly slow, which you know I, th- I think it, it tries to be done every now and again. Um, but even then, when everyone joins in. Would they? Oh, I am. And the other thing I'd say is when people join in with that, it's quite difficult for everyone to come in. I mean, it was. Hard. I mean, when, when we had when we had four of us recording it live uh, in the studio when we did our version for the for the the charity record, it was hard enough to kind of all come in together on that bit with a band who are musicians who are used to coming in at the right time on things. So if you've got people who aren't playing an instrument in their thousands it's it's i think it's just a natural thing but where things are always going to get faster and and, and slightly feel that they're racing away from it from you um yeah and obviously everyone's all like ex- everyone's got a natural excitement and, and yeah uh, the pumps up you know they're uh they've, they've had a few beers and, and that so they're up you know the adrenaline's coursing through you so I think it's just a natural thing that the songs are gonna gonna be faster than 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 you know in theory they should be. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think what's the, the only the only the only two alternatives is do what Tottenham do with um, with when they sing or when the Spurs go marching in. But even then, that still accelerates. It's just the fact that it starts so slow and kind of st- and, and they know through you know through muscle memory that it's that they try and keep it that slow all the way along and even then it still accelerates so or we get a drummer and given how <laughs> the last time I was at the back of the cop was um for the um the US USG game in, in the Europa League 
and there was a fella who was banging on the, the back walls and he was getting absolute pelters from everyone around him. So, so when, when he left with five minutes to go, someone's like, piss off Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Which, which is interesting because at times for certain songs, we do like a bit of a, a rhythmic beat for whoever's on back of 306 or whatever, banging away. But yeah, I mean, the final question I did want to ask you before we talk about the rest of the series was under the lights, whether it be Europe, an evening, not even always a like an evening game, sometimes just because of the way the weather is now, it goes dark at sort of three, doesn't it? So those super Sundays. Why does the music or the chants under the lights just seem so much better, especially probably on TV, as you see, but when you're in there, especially, why is it under the lights, do you reckon? I mean, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, we just had a half twelve kickoff, haven't we, on, on the on the weekend, and we've we've seen, you know, we, we, we've seen how, you know, it can be difficult to generate an atmosphere anywhere like the same extent when it's an early one because people. Just, I mean, I mean, for, for one, one thing, people have, have had enough time to warm up. They've had a, you know had a couple of drinks, feel less sort of inhibited, like. So, I think that that undoubtedly makes a difference. I think that the it, the, the Generally, the games on a well, especially if it's a European game, it's a bigger game, so it's it's easy to get yourself up for an, and create an atmosphere. Um, obviously, same with if it's a European game, you've got um, you know you've got an away crowd who are probably going to be. Um, I mean, this I, this is another thing I was going to say. But you have like a you almost like a it's a different cultural thing uh, where it's like because. Some people criticise the noise that we make at Anfield, or, or, or the lack of it in, in in some instances in some games. But I think the thing that makes Anfield's atmosphere special is the reactive nature of it. So we know, once again, using the phrase muscle memory, we know when the atmosphere needs to be lifted, uh, when to react, and I don't think we often get it spectacularly wrong, or or wrong where it, it impacts the players. I mean, I mean, we've all been at Anfield where we've heard like an away fan section sing out the the kind of classic like yeah. shit song bingo uh, of of sort of like where's your famous atmosphere? We forgot you were here. Um, is this a library? A library, yeah. Uh, so all, all all these sort of like classics, but it's sort of like well. I mean, with, with I mean, the, the, one of the ones I thought was, uh, we, I think uh, it was the the 2021-22 season playing Norwich, and ultimately we win the game three one, but we'd been struggling to break them down, and Norwich go a goal up, and obviously it's a game we have to win to kind of keep the pressure on City, and then all of a sudden it was like they go a goal up with about thirty five to go. And it's almost like the cop just roll the sleeves up and go, right, yeah, we need to get involved here and we need to, you know, we, we need to be a part of this. Um, yeah. And then by the end of it, but when, when by the time Salah's goal, Salah's goal goes in for the for, to make it 3-1, where he kind of sends the keeper the wrong way and rolls it into, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like, it's absolutely bedlam. And you would, it's, it's not necessarily an atmosphere that you'd expect from a Saturday three o'clock against a team that ultimately got relegated and ultimately we felt yeah. that we should be comfortably beaten. But it's just like how it's how the ground knows to react in an instance like that. And that isn't that isn't like sort of that that's when it's less about songs and it's more about just creating noise. I mean City City at home last season, it was it was probably the best atmosphere 
since Paris. Because um, obviously, I, I think that I think that knocks. I, I think that knocked something something out of out of us a little bit, but that's a, that's a different story for another time. But there there was a lot of sort of you know it was a hostile atmosphere without being you know nasty, if you know what I mean. And but that sort of you know I mean also we 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 beat we beat a very very good team that ultimately ended up doing what they did last season right. and, and I think the crowd was a big factor in that it was and, and it was it, the crowd was on really good form and we know when to to, to scream blue murder at an opposition team and when it's going to affect them and and ultimately when our own players and need back in and how they need back in and I think that's that's what that, that's because ultimately you can make you can you can have like a team like when uh, when we've seen teams come in, come in Europe and the, their fans will be incredible and they make noise for the entire ninety yeah. minutes. But I mean, Besiktas were the best team, the the, the 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 loudest group of fans I've ever heard. At Anfield, the, certainly the loudest away fans. That I've, that I've seen, that, and, and and they got whacked eight nil. So it's and, and they were still kind of singing the whole game. It's just so it's almost like oh we sing and we, we sing and do this regard regardless and I I don't know I mean it's just it, it's it's a different it's a different culture and and I, I'm I'm in I'm in no way sort of criticizing them for that it, it, if anything you know but it, it's just I don't necessarily think it's the kind of thing that aids aids the the team and reacts and it's something that you know certainly certainly us and uh, yeah the, the kind the way that you react to events on the pitch. Is, yeah. is is yeah is a huge thing. I think you're right though. I think Anfield's special in that sense, especially when it's on it in terms of the songs, the chants, and how it really yeah. comes. Sometimes just comes to the team's aid when it needs it, but also just <laughs> gives him a, a lift and nudge. It, it, it is cliche, but they they talk about that twelfth man. I, I agree. There's no two ways about that. And ladies and gents, we're going to be talking about songs and chants a fair bit more. So this will be the first of a multi-part series. Me and Jackson will be doing, talking about specific songs, even the history of certain songs, what have been our favourite moments with it and why, why we think it reverberates so much at the same time. Now, Jagsy, I've not actually shared with you the full results, but what do you think is going to be in the mix then? What do you think are going to be the favourites that people have commented and said they they want talked about yeah I mean I I, I, I think Paul Scott and Tommy will be right up there I think Fields of Anfield Road will be right up there um, I think it'll be hard to see past You Never Work Alone because it's obviously so it's not just synonymous with us as a club it's like yeah. um, it's what it's you know, it's one of the biggest songs in the in the what that's ever existed. So I think it'd be hard to see past past that. I think um, every other Saturday, in terms of a non-player song, is right up there. Uh, I mean, in terms, I'd, I'd say, I mean, Diogo Jota's has almost got enough songs to write his uh, to, to have an EP. Uh, um, <laughs> so I think I, I think the the, the Jota song could be right up there. Um, and yeah, shamefully, when I first heard that, I thought this is this is never going to catch on. It's terrible. This, so what do I know? Um, so yeah, I think I think the Jota song um, and, and and Salah song because it's 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 beautifully simple and it's it's just it's lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously you work when when I think when when you kind of come in with a player song and you and you come in from a 
when when you when you come in from a point like like sit down by James to start with, I mean, you can't really go too far wrong, can you? So, true. I mean, t- listen. Ladies and gents, I'm not going to reveal the full results, so we'll have to see that as the pods unfold and we talk about the tunes, the histories, like we say, and what we like about them. But just to give a few spoilers, that I mean, there were some amazing tunes, Jags, that didn't make it. Even one of my favourites I don't hear often, Bill Shankly from Glenbrook, do like that tune that went. Anfield Agro, that's one of the chant, isn't it? That came up from quite a few to, to be mentioned. And people as well get very, very specific, especially when you say about Scouser Tommy around the words, what should be sung, what should be used, and the history of that. So we are going to talk about that, no doubt, in this coming series. What me and Jackson do want to say for this one is that we'll play, or there'll be a song, a video at the end of each one, because it's naturally the right way to finish. For this one specifically, you'll never walk alone. Exactly as Jaggsy said, this almost is a special tune in its own. It means so many things to so many people. So it's not going to be one of the ones we we talk about in depth because there's been a lot of chat and quite rightly, you know, it's historical. There's a lot of emotional sentiment in this song as well. However, Jagsy will be playing this. So keep your eyes peeled, people, for the video. That will be exclusively on Anfield Index. So Jagsy, probably the final thing to say as well as thank you for, for this initial one. Any ones that you're looking forward to playing? Any ones that you might even think, Christ, I've got to dust off my old songbook. I have a bit of a practice before you think it might come up at all. Well, you know, uh, well, if we do live a bird upon my chest, I better, uh, I better clear my schedule for the, for, the, for the forthcoming couple of days. So, Yeah, that is a, a long one. And I'm not saying that's in the results, but we may have to look at a redacted version. Let's put it that way. It'll yeah. be here till 2024. But yeah, final thing, ladies and gents, I hope you've loved listening as much as I've enjoyed talking about this. Jagsy, thanks very much for your time, mate. Much appreciated as ever. No worries. Good stuff. And we will be speaking a lot more. But that was the first, ladies and gents, for Anfield Index in the Songs of Anfield series. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.